What's up? You're listening to the Scholarly Spark podcast. Here's your chance to finally become interested in learning and find out what you're genuinely curious about. Join me as we discover the secrets of South Asia and experience different foods, the latest technologies, immerse ourselves in a variety of phenomenal cultures, find out about interesting people we never knew existed, and learn about what no one else dared to find out. I'm Kamal Narayanan, taking you on a journey through the mysteries of South Asia, all from the convenience of your headphones. Here we go. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the show once again. I hope you are having the absolute greatest day of your life today. And if you are not, I'm 100% sure that this podcast will make this day the absolute greatest day of your life. And like I always say, if it still isn't the greatest day of your life, look out for something really, really, really special today that involves your family. Keep that in mind and look for that throughout the day. Anyways, let's get on with the show. So today, on part two of the series, Exposing the Secrets to Mass Movement, we will be talking about the societal effects of mass migration. Before, you know, we kind of covered the causes and why it happens and what are the other results of it. But today, we're focusing specifically on the social roles and the social effects of migration in contemporary South Asian society. So when looking at why migration occurs, it's it's easy to overlook what happens as a result of this migration, namely the overall societal shifts which occur as a result of this migration. So let's take a look at those societal shifts, which are especially evident when you look at a country's cultural makeup. Let's start with an example. Now, because more and more people are emigrating for educational or personal reasons nowadays, a much richer mix of diverse cultures is popping up in immigrants' home countries. The obsession with education and work abroad has brought 244 million people to other countries, and this kind of mass migration can significantly alter the cultural makeup and societal values within a country in a big way. And you're probably wondering, if they leave the country, how can they possibly change the country that they just left? Well, let me tell you, emigration patterns can change societal landscape of the country of origin, and nowhere can we see this more clearly than with an example from South Asia, where there's been a huge increase in the number of South Asians who chose to migrate for educational reasons. We see this best with immigrants who seek higher education, but do not seek to be part of the workforce and pursue competitive jobs in the country that they migrated to. For instance, in the medical field, skilled graduates of overseas programs may return to their home countries and provide contemporary medical treatment in regions where such access is typically limited, such as in rural India and rural Bangladesh. By providing medical access to areas in which it is not normally offered, immigrants are actively shaping the cultural values of their home countries, an act which can have a huge effect on the overall well-being of a country in the long run. Such immigrants are teaching people good morals and good values by delivering the message that even though you might have a top-notch education, have a top-paying job, and are extremely wealthy, you must never forget where you came from and you must always do your best to help those in need. Such a value framework will surely inspire more individuals, mostly younger children in this case, to one day migrate to a foreign country, get a top-notch education, and come back to help their friends and family back at home, which will lead to a self-perpetuating cycle in which the culture of an entire country will change over several generations. Now, what also happens is that many migrants in high-paying skilled positions in STEM fields could become permanent migrants, aka they leave their home country and never come back. And such individuals eventually take their families with them to the foreign country as well. By taking out individuals from your home country, 
you are doing the exact same thing. You are altering the cultural makeup of your home country by taking people who are likely very immersed in its culture out of it. This new culture will now permeate through the foreign country, and you have, as a result, made a dent in both the culture of your home country and your new country. In addition, the loss of skilled workers from an area negatively affects its socio-political and economic standing due to changing attitudes about that nation. For example, if a country is seen as having a dearth of opportunities, as evidenced by large amounts of emigration of skilled laborers and little immigration of them, that can become pretty ugly pretty quick because people will view it as an area in which very little labor exists and investment money and other financial packages will stop flowing into the country. Those kinds of occurrences can become extremely disastrous extremely quickly. Now, let's talk about another part of society, your family. And we're going to explore how exactly migration can affect the notion of familial roles and expectations. So familial roles in South Asia are changing right now, in part due to remittances and in part due to, due to the growing phenomenon where married couples are forced to live separately due to financial constraints. For instance, husbands and wives may not migrate together to a foreign country because they cannot afford the trip. Or maybe one of the spouses would rather scout the foreign country and make sure it's suitable to live in before bringing his whole entire family over there. Regardless of the reason, migrant families and couples can easily be separated and living separately, which can cause strain on familial bonds and other types of familial relationships, altering familial structures in the process. Most reported cases and stories of South Asian immigration actually involve workers who do not take their families with them. Such workers are generally husbands who send money home back to their wives, children, and parents. Now, skilled South Asian workers are very likely to find higher salaries and climb up the job ladder by getting quick promotions after they immigrate. The money that they earn abroad, they will eventually send back home to their family, and this has immediate beneficial effects on the families. This specifically allows for those still living in the home country to seek better education and quality of life, which increases the family's social standing and standard of living overall. Such a drastic impact can most definitely change how the family back at home sees life, and more often than not, their cultural values will undergo a shift. In addition, with many male father figures being away from the home, doing work in foreign countries, social roles in South Asian families have begun to shift. While their husbands are employed elsewhere and supporting the family from afar, women are now more clearly recognized as de facto heads of their households, meaning that they're now taking more responsibility now that the husbands are gone. So they're not, they're not actually like legitimately recognized as the head of the household, but they have, they're, they've been forced to step up to that position. And for that reason, everyone sees them like that right now. Uh, and the increased decision-making and responsibility brought about by the absence of a husband results in increased respect and an increased social standing. This demonstrates that the shift in attitudes towards roles at the familial unit actually results in a widespread push toward equal partnership among the sexes and increased social capital for women in South Asia. However, it is very much possible that over-reliance on remittances from migrant husbands may offset some movement towards equality that is gained by a wife's de facto role as head of the household. As such women would be viewed by society as overly dependent on their husbands. Which honestly, in my humble opinion, my humble, honest opinion, doesn't really show that they're dependent. The fact that they can manage a family on their own 
it's by itself quite impressive and deserving of some serious commendation. Because throughout history, women have been viewed as kind of like the underdog, the, the, second, the second fiddle. Husbands have always taken that primary, dominant, familial male role, and women have always been subjected to the, to the second tier. But I think it's, it's really great for, for husband and women to really like shift, to shift that balance and for wives to be at the top and husbands to be second. But anyways, unfortunately, we have reached the end of our time together. It is the end of this week's show. I am so, so, so sorry that it is the end of this show already. But what I'm not sorry for is the fact that you get to have the fun fact of the day. I don't know if you knew this already, but I'm pretty sure you didn't know this. Did you know that chewing gum while you cut onions actually stops you from crying? That is absolutely remarkable. Next time someone wants you to cry and they're showing you an onion in your face, like cutting it in your face, just chew some gum and tell them, bro, I'm not going to cry this time. And just own it. And that is the conclusion of today's show. Thank you so much for listening this week. I hope you have the absolute greatest day the rest of today. And I hope and thank you so much for sticking to the end of the podcast if you did. And I'll see you later. See ya. It's been super fun learning with you. Thank you for taking the time to listen to me. Join me next week as we explore another part of the vast, mysterious lands of South Asia. I'm looking forward to exploring something new that you've never heard about next week. Talk soon.